Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. Uh, the last book I wrote was heavy. All right. Hey, Gary. This is Evie. Uh, my name is Randy Rebine. Uh, but my name is Jared Krizoska. I don't think I'm a person that curses a lot. Heart just goes out to everybody. I'm excited. Awesome. Hi. Yeah. Okay. And I sound all right? I've got my... Yeah, you your sound perfect. Okay. Yeah. All right. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of It's Personal. I'm super excited for my guest today. Super honored and um, just really, really excited to dig in to find out a little bit more about where he is from. Can you introduce yourself? Hey, Gary. Thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Mike Corrado. I'm an author and illustrator of books for children and young adults. I love it. Can you just share like very briefly for the hopefully very small few people that haven't read your books? <laughs> what are some of the titles of your books? Sure. Um, I'm probably most well known for my Little Elliot series. It's a five book uh, picture book series uh, featuring a small polka dotted elephant uh, who lives in New York City and his best friend Mouse. Um, and then I've illustrated for some other picture book authors like um, Samantha Berger, I illustrated What If, all the way to Vanna for Margarita Engel, Worm Loves Worm for JJ Austrian, Power One for Trudy Ludwig. Um, yeah, some I've gotten to work with some amazing people. Um, and also this past year, uh, my debut YA graphic novel came out called Flamer, uh, as shown here. Uh, yeah, so really exciting to jump into a new genre um, for me to work in, but one that I've loved forever, so. I love it, I love it. And I think seeing that you were doing a YA, like, and again, knowing your work previously to your YA, I knew it was going to be every bit of what it came out to be, um, just like beautiful and your full authentic self through and through. So I appreciate, I just appreciate people like you um, so much based on your story, Thanks. based on like the confidence that I see in you as a writer and an illustrator. Um, it's just really amazing to watch and see. So I'm, I'm excited to see what happened next for you and what else you're doing. Um, and hopefully we'll get into that a little bit later as well. Yeah. I do wanna, I do wanna start with just like your story a little bit. Um, so like tell me a little bit about you and like how this illustration and author thing started for you. Yeah, um, well, I was born and raised outside of New York City and um, I've just always made art since I can remember. That was just always my thing. Um, just always drawing, always wanting to make something. Um, I liked writing too while I was growing up. And, um, you know, I remember being a little kid and thinking like, oh, I wanna, um, you know, be a Disney animator one day. And then yeah. it was like, I wanna be a comic book artist. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there were like a million things I wanna do. Like, I'm gonna be uh, an artist, but also a psychologist. And of course. I don't know, maybe <laughs> I'll be an actor and, you know, just everything. Um, <laughs> So, but in high school, I was like really focused on comic books and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna like 
illustrate for Marvel. I'm gonna like draw mm -hmm. X-Men. Uh, then I got to college and I rediscovered my love of uh, children's books, of so picture books, um, when I started studying illustration. And um, so it's just like, you know, I was like, okay, maybe I'm not gonna anime for Disney or be an actor or be a psychologist, but um, I could have at least two aspirations of picture books and comics. So, um, so now I'm doing it all. I um, love it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I don't know if I if I need to add. No, I, I think that's perfect. That, I think that's but, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I love the story behind all those things because you know, as kids, you often dream. You dream the biggest dreams as you can, right? Yeah. Um, and that your your experiences and the people around you allow you to, because it's hard. Um, so I know oftentimes that there are lots of influences around us that tell us that certain jobs or certain things aren't necessarily for us based on who we are and what we look like. Um, so I'm also curious just about that journey and what it looks like for you in regards to the influences around you um, and the work that you do now. Um, what did that look like in regards to the support, um, the non-support, et cetera? Um, growing up and being in an artist or a creator? Yeah. Um, well, I think I had advantages and disadvantages. Um, I mean, we didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up, but we lived in a really nice suburb of New York City, and I went to a Catholic school. Um, so it was a good education um you know on paper um <laughs> and i i was also really lucky that my parents paid for private art lessons um actually started out i don't know maybe like when i was five or something you know mm. it, it, my my mom was trying to figure out like extracurricular stuff for me to do so she's like oh i'll put them in like some some sports programs or you know whatever like little boys in sports I, they do that right mm -hmm. and i was like no ma'am i like i went i remember like coming home from my first basketball uh peewee basketball practice i was like i hate this i was just like crying like my back hurts i can't dribble um and they're just like just it's just a game like can't you just you know have fun isn't it supposed to be fun i'm like i hate this and like okay <laughs> You don't have to go. Like, what do you want to do? I'm like, I just want to make art. I'm like, okay, all right. He makes art all the time. Fine. So they enrolled me in an art class, and I was just in like a private art lesson from the age of like four or five until I like went to college, went to art wow. school. Um, so I was really lucky uh, that I had that support. Um, even though when it came time for college, it was kind of like. Um, it, it was kind of hard to convince uh, convince my dad to let me go to art school because, you know, I'm like first generation um, on his side, like he immigrated here. So he's very much thinking like art does not make money. You cannot go to art school, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. just go to, you know, work with computers like me and you'll like have a real job. Why would you, you know? Um, of course. 
yeah and but I I worked really hard in high school I got um partial scholarship and I think that uh, helped convince him um good and yeah yeah so um but yeah what else growing up um what was private school like um I mean I didn't have anything to compare it to until I went to high school. I decided mm-hmm. to go to public school. Um, my parents gave me the choice, like, do you want to go to Catholic okay. high school or do you want to go to public? I was like, let's just, I'll just go to public and we'll save the money for college. And they're like, okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I don't know, I was just kind of like over, I was kind of over Catholic school. And I definitely did not want to go to like an all boys high school. Like most of the Catholic schools were, um, mm-hmm. were not co-ed. There was one co-ed Catholic high school. Also, yeah, and they were just like really expensive. And I mm-hmm. was like, I don't know how my parents are gonna pay for that and then help me for with college. But mm-hmm. um, so anyway, um, private school was intense, right? Because you're also being schooled religiously. So everything's like through the lens of, of course. Um, your religious beliefs and so like not handing in homework on time became uh, a sort of sin right and so you're like constantly in like the the um flickering flames of hell are like tickling my feet while I'm like oh no I got a b minus like (laughs) (laughs) he's coming for me (laughs) um so that was that was pretty intense um did you have do you have siblings yeah, I have um, two younger siblings, so I was kind of forging the way. <laughs> um, yeah, and they're they're much younger than me, so okay. Um, yeah, I I didn't like school growing up. I really didn't, um, mm-hmm. and I think I was just really socially awkward. Like I just didn't get it, you know. Like I didn't really understand social cues. I didn't really understand like. Um, Pop and that's, that's most kids like oh I my think, god I know <laughs> I know right I think there's people that like to pretend that they are in the know around that age like I see it as a teacher like there's kids that some that there's kids that come across as knowing so much or knowing about pop culture knowing how like social cues but they are all experimenting they are all trying to right. figure out who they are um so when you say that i was like yeah you were you felt like that but everyone else definitely did as well <laughs> yeah i think some people had a better show at it and definitely sure. um fit the mainstream ideal more mm-hmm. you know i mean i was a chubby <laughs> chubby mixed asian white kid Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I was really lucky that there were other Asian kids um, at my school, you know, like it was predominantly white, but at least there, at least I wasn't the only person, you know, right. in class um, and not just other Asian kids, but there were other Filipino kids. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was the only, I'm trying to think. I think I was the only mixed white Asian kid in my class though. So wow. I did, I did stick out like that. Wow. Um, so that was, that was always weird. Like that's always been something that has and had I'm, to have been yeah. called out. Like, don't forget of course. you're of course. the weird one. Like, 
Yeah. You don't quite fit either group, but there you are. And we're going to keep reminding you. Um, yeah, it's, you know, yeah. I mean, half of it is like kids being just uh, ignorant in an innocent way, right? Of like, you're mm -hmm. different. I don't know what that, you know, what you've got going on. So I'm going to be curious about it. Mm -hmm. um, I totally then, understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And then maybe sometimes not so innocent, but. Yeah. And like yeah. almost, yeah, just rude and ignorant mm -hmm. and all those yeah. things. Like it's funny because in elementary, you have a lot of that. You do get kids that like I teach third grade, but I know that you're being rude. Like I just, right. like, you can tell, <laughs> but then there are yeah. like a handful of kids that like their curiosity just comes across as ignorant or disrespectful because they just don't know. So like, yeah. there is a phase where at least I think, well, what I try to is like, how do you teach curiosity in like a respectful way because mm -hmm. like how do you get to know someone who's a little bit different than you in a respectful way and you still make them feel comfortable right like back then I never had that feeling and I was similar to you in a sense where like I grew up in Nova Scotia like mm -hmm. literally I had my black friends from my community and I was lucky to have them mm -hmm. and the rest of the school was literally all white there was like no other race maybe a few asian kids maybe a few lebanese kids but like it was all white <laughs> yeah all white so yeah how do you walk through a world curious but also respectful right it's very very tough for a kid even adults struggle with that right adults yeah. struggle with that all the time so i feel you 100 percent. and i would piggyback off of what i just said about like innocent ignorance what wasn't innocent and was very ignorant that I encountered, that I've encountered my whole life um, is people responding to um, my effeminate nature, mm -hmm. right? So as a kid, mm -hmm. that was what I was really tortured the most, like being kind of femme and being fat, like that combination, it was like, I ran into racial stuff, but it wasn't as bad as, as that, mm -hmm. as like the homophobic mm -hmm. um, stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And was that through middle school, high school, or like, was it worse in one or the other? I mean, it started in elementary school wow. um, because I wasn't like the other boys because I didn't, the, the way I stood out the most was I didn't like to play sports and I didn't know anything about sports. And that was like the language that the boys in my school used to speak to each other for the most part, mm -hmm. I feel like. And how we as society often portray boys as like, you should right. be playing sports. And yeah, if you're, you're not, not, you are a boy. Like, so, yeah. yeah, you're not doing what you're supposed to do. Um, and I, I wanted to be friends with girls and that was also a problem. Mm -hmm. um, they're like, you're a girl because you hang out with the girls. Um, so that was, that was always the hardest thing for me. And mm -hmm. I, I didn't really, I mean, I made, I made some friends in elementary and middle school. Um, but it was, 
it was hard and there wasn't like a really deep connection. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I managed to make some better friends and it was, I mean, I still got, um, I still got crap for being who I was. Um, and I wasn't out. I mean, I, I, I didn't even understand what um, being queer or gay meant for the mm-hmm. longest time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I made better friends in high school and then um, college, I was able to make like real deep connections and mm-hmm. finally came out my senior year and um, and was kind of shocked in a good way that everyone that I considered close to me like rallied behind me um, and just like really showed up in a big way and like just I had this big buttress system propping me up. It's like, oh my God, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Uh, Yeah, so. Support is so, when when you get the right support, it's such a amazing feeling. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to find words to like describe it, but I know what it feels like to be supported. And especially in times when you think they're not gonna support you. Like it just means, so much and it just erases so much doubt and stress and anxiety about so many different things Mm -hmm. um so yeah i can only imagine that that feeling um and it sucks that people are just awful (laughs) as well yeah you know what else sucks though is looking back and realizing now or seeing on social media people i used to go to school with like people who are out now also uh where it's like oh man like we could have been friends we could have been each other's support system Mm -hmm. but there was also like a fear of being of befriending people that you could clock you know be like "Mm." it's like stay away because it's just gonna bring more danger to us yeah um so i kind of uh i kind of wonder sometimes like oh you know, could things but have been if, different, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and I think it, it, you spend the majority of your, not a majority, but like a huge chunk of your life early, like early on is in school, right? And it's how you build character. It's how you are like starting to create personality. You're finding your friendship groups and it can really take a toll on you. Um, for yeah. better and for worse, right? Um, but I'm just happy that you're here. I'm super happy and excited about like how that journey has created you. Um, I heard you like ice cream. That's what I heard. <laughs> That's what I heard. Um, yes, I I basically am ice cream <laughs> at this point. Like if you like cut off a limb, it probably start like oozing soft serve out. Oh, like, I said I wasn't going to do it because of the conversation we have, but you got to give it to me. You got to give me like your top <laughs> three flavors, or if you have more, of course. Um, or you can, we can yeah. talk ice cream because I like ice cream as well. Yeah, well, you know, uh, it also depends on the season, right? And, and I'm so also, you're ne- I also... Just... You're next level, I think. Yeah. yeah. So did you... <laughs> like, I'm, I'm saying like ice cream and like, cake like any like pastry situation like that's my jam i've i've 
I don't know. I think about that more than anything else, probably. <laughs> um, and because it's winter, I have been eating less ice cream and like baking so much. Because also, like, what else am I gonna do besides mm. write? You know, with the quarantine, it's like okay, I'll just mm. keep baking. Okay, ice cream. Say it's like summertime, <laughs> right? Nothing's gonna like chill you out better than a mint chocolate chip ice cream cone. Oh. But also then, you know, it's like at the same time, I would kill for like a, a soft serve twist, you know? Mm -hmm. So, and I have to stress the mint ice cream, it has to be correct. Like I have had some terrible mint chocolate chip ice cream you want to see me mad? Like, it's like, I just spent my ice cream money on this. Like, no. Um, anyway. So how, how do you determine what's, like, how do you determine what's bad mint chocolate chip <laughs> ice cream and what's good? Because this is, this is Okay, a good mint chocolate right chip ice cream, in my opinion, IMO. Okay, it, it should be a hard ice cream. Um, I kind of, I like when it's green, but obviously you don't taste the green, but just aesthetically, I like it to look mid green, um, but fine. If it's like white with chips in it, it's like, all right. Um, I don't I don't know how to describe the, the actual flavor. Um, sometimes I, I'll try an ice cream and it'll be like, it just tastes like some just poured extract into like mm -hmm. a vanilla ice cream mix or something. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. I don't know. And I don't even know. And I've made ice cream, right? Um, and I have put like extract and stuff. I, I, it's a delicate balance. That's all I can how, say. How, how big are the um, chocolate chips? Do they have to be chocolate chips or can they just kind of be like, you know, chocolate chunks or? or I mean, you can go chunk. That's fine. You can go chunk. Um, the chips should be, I should feel the the crunch in my mouth though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want any little like, you know, there's chips and then there's like dust, you know? It's like, I 100% no. agree. I, I, you know what, this is education right now. I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, <sighs> yeah. So we have mint chocolate chip. We have yeah. a twist, soft serve twist. What's your mm. last final, like, if oh. you had to pick one? Oh. You know, let's not say last yeah. final, like just yeah. one that you like. I mean, some classics. I mean, you can never go wrong with the classics when they're done well, right? Like a chocolate, like a deep chocolate mm -hmm. um, or strawberry. Lovely. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, there are some places near me that um, do some mixed things that are just so good. Like um, there's a, a mud pie one that uh, the local place makes and it's like like coffee ice cream with like fudge swirl and Oreo and um, some other stuff in there. And it's, and the other month they, they had a feature flavor and it was a 
a black raspberry mudslide oh. or a mud pie. I almost died. I could do that. I was I just like, hmm, okay, I'll <laughs> I'll try it out. And then um, I <laughs> I almost ate the whole thing. I was just like, uh oh, uh oh. And also, I know you're living in the Philippines right now. The same place made an ube ice cream, and I like lost my mind because. It's so hard to find ube ice cream here. Like I've had imagine. that, I, you know, when I lived on the West Coast, I could find that easy. And here it's like, oh, <laughs> but, um, but they did it right. And I was like, God bless you. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah, like I, I, I haven't had hollow hollow, like a real hollow hollow in years. And it's just, mm -hmm. I want that. <laughs> I should just make my own. I should have. I should have gotten extra of that ube ice cream. Should have bought a gallon from them. And I should have gone to the local Asian market and got all the stuff I need. Because that was really the key ingredient, right? That I can't, that's missing for me to make my own alhalo. <laughs> it's like a proper ube ice cream. I, I totally, totally. Do you still, are you still able to... It's interesting because oftentimes when I talk to people who have different identities outside of America, do you still have connections to your like Filipino background? Yeah, so um, my dad's whole family still lives there. Basically, I have, uh, you know, one cousin that lives in New Zealand and one that um, moved to the States, but our whole gigantic family is still That's over cool. there. Um, one minor problem, um, I wasn't taught how to speak um, any Filipino. Uh, so my family is in Bohol, so they speak uh, Boholano or Visayan. Yeah. And, um, but you know, now like the younger generations are like mixing, like- They everything. have their own language. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, uh -huh. So I, I feel like I'm missing out because I don't speak the language, but so I, I feel like I, I keep in touch with my cousins that speak English well, mm -hmm. because I got nothing. Like, I feel like um, really handicapped like that. Like, oh man. Um, but I still have like, I still feel really connected. Um, I love that. Yeah, and going there um, the first time was a real revelation for me. I didn't go until I was in my early 20s. Oh, wow. Um, and I'm like turning 40 this month. So um, oh. yeah, so I've been a few times and every time I go, it's like really meaningful to me. Um, Did you just say you're turning 40? Yes. Yep. <laughs> no, co no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, no that's one thing uh, you know i'm representing for the mixed people like we do keep it tight i mean we very we tight those I was like, and, what the hell is going on <laughs> well you know that that i i made a deal with the devil and you know if you ever if you ever watch death becomes her you know i drank that vial of whatever that was so i'm good i just need to make sure i don't get like hit by a car or something and yeah <laughs> oh yeah. my 
awesome. Yeah, see what ice cream can do for you. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I was like, first off, you just said like you you'll eat like a gallon of ice cream anytime, like on like just like that. And on top of that, you're just again, yeah. I would have never guessed. Even like forty is not old at all, but I would have never guessed forty in a million years at all. It's true. Well, free beauty secret. You you know, not only do I eat my ice cream, I bathe in it as well. What? But I could totally picture myself like, you know, like massaging soft serve into my face and then having a little sample every now and then. Some whipped cream. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could, you know, I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised. Oh, but to expand on the question you just asked me, FYI, um, my mother is first generation. Her parents are from Ireland and I still have a ton of family in Ireland too. Wow. Um, yeah, so I feel very connected uh, to my Irish culture as well. Like, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, I know a lot of Irish American folks who they're like, oh, I don't know. I'm like sixth generation or something, but my, my grandparents were off the boat. Um, wow. Yeah, so wow. my folks haven't been in this country for very long, um, which is interesting. Um, it is. It's interesting. It is. I think it, it helps me stay open-minded about a lot sure. of things. Sure. It's such a, I think it's such a, I don't know. Yeah, it, it definitely keeps you, I don't want to say grounded, but yeah, it allows you to continue to understand, try to understand, try to make connections, um, learn more about yourself even more. Um, I, I have so many thoughts and questions about like family stuff, but I feel like hopefully this will happen again sometime. Um, I don't <laughs> want to keep you any longer. What? Where can people find you online, Mike? Uh, there's my website, mikecarado.com. Um, I'm on Instagram a lot, too much. That's at Mike underscore Corrado. And I'm on Twitter, at Mike Corrado. I love um, it. Yeah. Where See is... show notes for spelling. <laughs> <laughs> if we, for whatever reason, myself or anyone listening, ever finds their way to, did you say you're in Massachusetts? Is that where you said you are? I'm I am in Massachusetts now. I grew up um, yeah, in New where, York. Where do we find the best ice cream spot? Where do we go? You gotta go to Harold's in Northampton. There that's that's the place I was talking about that made there we um, go. All, all those different uh, there ice we creams. Go. Yeah. I love it. It's, I love it. It's good. It's worth it. And actually, funny little story was before I lived here, I lived in Brooklyn. And a bunch of us came up for the weekend to go to the Eric Carle Museum, which does like amazing exhibits of children's book illustration. And um, while we were here, I was like, okay, I heard about this ice cream place. So we went and I was like, this is good ice cream. Like I could live here. And I feel like I, (laughs) I, I like pre- what are you trying to say Mike like what are you really I, trying to say here I I don't know I, it was like I um 
I predetermined my future in that moment by like, oh, I could live here. There's decent ice cream and I see a lot of bakeries. And there's like children's, there's a children's book museum. There's a children's book gallery. Like what's not to love? And then like a year or two later, I was like, guess where I am randomly moving to? Um, yeah. So Thank you, you so never much. know where ice cream's gonna take you. I love it. Take away. <laughs> I love it. Like, thank you so much. This was thank you, Carrie. so much, so much fun. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I didn't, I had never spoken to you. I watched like interviews with you and I've seen you talk online and I've obviously read your books. Um, I couldn't have, I didn't think it was gonna go this well. Like, I didn't think it was gonna be so much, like this much fun. I knew it was gonna be fun, but I didn't know it was gonna be this much fun. So I, again, love, uh, I love talking to you. This is really cool. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you had fun.